Hello and welcome back to the Come Follow Me Bible Challenge. My name is Jeremy Howard. I am one of the pastors at Orchard Hills Bible Church in Payson, Utah. Thanks for joining me today. Looking to make a bit of a shorter episode today because, uh, one, I'm super crunched for time, but number two, Uh, I just dropped a couple of longer episodes, a couple of sermon-length episodes on Romans Part 1 and Part 2, so check those out if you missed them. Very important episodes about the righteousness of God and our justification and our sanctification, how we can be saved. I mean, it's just, it doesn't get more important than that, does it? How are people going to find their place in heaven? Well, those episodes talk a lot about that, and I suppose we'll talk about that in today's episode also, which will be about 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, a book that I've spent a lot of time with um, for quite a while. Um, I've preached through 1 Corinthians, and in fact, I uh, have it pulled up here where you can see on our, uh, this isn't our website, we, we use SoundCloud for storing our sermons, which is kind of funny because SoundCloud is like a, a place where amateur rappers can put their <laughs> their songs for people to hear. Uh, but they also have a great podcast option. And so that's where we store our stuff. But you can see here, um, 71 tracks, 71 sermons is what that means, through the book of 1 Corinthians, totaling 55 hours, 36 minutes, and 55 seconds. And you can uh, find this through our website. You can get here. Uh, We have sermons available on our website, and you can eventually get to this page. You can also go to soundcloud.com slash OHBCPayson and view our playlists there. You can just Google search Orchard Hills Bible Church, 1 Corinthians. And uh, yeah, we have lots and lots of sermons on 1 Corinthians, 71 of them. And right now we're actually going through 2 Corinthians on Sunday mornings. We're at 36 tracks, so a little over halfway of what we covered for 1 Corinthians. And we've done almost 29 hours of preaching through 2 Corinthians. You can access all those sermons there. I suppose we have about 14 more to go or so. It'll be about 50 sermons for 2 Corinthians, but 71 for 1 Corinthians. So all that to say, if you're looking for a deep dive in 1 Corinthians, we got that for you. Okay, we can, we can hook you up with that. Uh, this episode will not be a super deep dive. Also, some of our amazing servants here at Orchard Hills Bible Church are cleaning. We have families that clean the church on a rotation, uh, like many churches do. And if you hear a buzz in the background, that's the sound of love. That's the sound of a faithful servant of Jesus Christ vacuuming up everyone else's scum. Isn't that lovely? That's great. All right. Well, let's uh, consider 1 Corinthians, particularly 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I want to read to you verses 18 to 31, 18 through the end of that chapter. Speaking of the wisdom of God, as you see there, the title, the head, heading that the New American Standard Bible gives this section. Verse 18, we start off with a banger here. Verse 18, 1 Corinthians 1, 18, For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Ah, what an amazing, amazing verse. For those who have rejected Christ, those who are on their way to hell, those who are perishing, those who will ultimately 
face God's judgment and be thrown into the lake of fire that burns forever and ever. The ones who are perishing, the word of the cross, the gospel of the cross of Jesus Christ that he bore in his body on the cross, our sins in our place, the punishment we deserved so that we may be saved. To those people, that message is foolishness. But to those who are being saved, those whose destination is not the lake of fire, but eternity with God in a new earth, a recreated earth, that message of the cross is the power of God. Not foolishness, but power. Amazing, amazing. I could spend a lot of time on verse 18, but I shall keep reading. Verse 19. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not come to know God, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For indeed, Jews ask for signs and Greeks search for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to Jews, a stumbling block and to Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Real brief note here on the Corinthians. Corinth is a city in Greece. Okay, it still exists. Corinth, big city in Greece. Not Athens, but Corinth. Greeks, of course, were known for their wisdom and knowledge. You think of the Greek philosophers like Socrates. Okay, uh, Greek. the Greeks were just known as this like national identity of being wise, knowledgeable people. They're thinkers. Well, Paul here is going after that very mindset, and he's explaining to the Corinthians what true wisdom is. Now, remember, these are Christians that he's writing to. This is the church at Corinth. So these are people who have this national identity, this worldly identity, as being like the wisest people. Well, now they are in Jesus Christ, and their perspective has to change. They now have to place an emphasis on the knowledge of God that is found in Christ, that that is the highest knowledge, the best knowledge, over and against any kind of secular philosophy. And look how Paul highlights that in this passage. He says in verse 21, In the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. So in the the wisdom of God's plan and the way God has set things up and the way that things are, you could say, the world through its worldly wisdom, through its fallen wisdom, that would include secular Greek philosophy, they did not come to know God. Now, are there ways in which we could say they came close? Well, sure. And those are pretty interesting conversations, especially when you start talking about the logos in Greek philosophy. If you go back and listen to the Come Follow Me episode I did on John 1, where we talk about the logos, um, you can see the importance of that in Christian theology. It's a Greek word that means word, and the logos at the beginning of John's gospel is a reference to the Son of God. 
in the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. John 1.1, 1, 1, talking about Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God. Well, in Greek philosophy, they had this theology, you could say. It wasn't really a theology. It's more of a, just a philosophy of the Logos. And it wasn't what John was saying in John chapter 1. However, it was a theory that they had. And so there were ways like that where they came kind of close, where they were, they were grasping at, at something. And since they were made in the image of God and because God was allowing his common grace— to function at a, at a pretty, in a pretty incredible way, uh, they, you could say they came close. However, through the world's wisdom, has anyone in the world ever actually come to know God in a saving relationship with God? No. You, you actually can't obtain that through worldly wisdom. You need spiritual wisdom in order to know God. And Paul actually gets into this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, which is a worthy read. I encourage you to, to check that out. So Paul here is making the statement that through the wisdom of the world, the world is not going to come to know God. In fact, the wisdom of the world calls the message of the cross, the word of the cross, foolishness. Okay? So you have to set aside, actually, the wisdom of the world and submit to the word of God, submit to the word of the cross, submit to the gospel, submit to Jesus Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's how you are truly wise. So God is actually well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached. The, the message preached is the word of the cross that the world considers to be foolish. God is well pleased through that message that the world considers to be foolish to save those who believe. All those who believe in that message because they are coming to God in humility of faith, not in a prideful stance evaluating that message by their own worldly standards and saying, yeah, that seems, that seems good enough for me. I approve of you, Jesus, and therefore I accept you. Now save me. That, that's not how it works. He's saying those who believe, who set aside their own worldly standards, who set aside their worldly philosophy, and in humility of faith come to him and say, I need this wisdom from my creator. I need this wisdom from God. I need to be saved. This worldly wisdom cannot save me. Those are the ones whom God will save, and he's well pleased to do it through that message of the word of the cross. The world is looking for signs like the Jews, and they're searching for wisdom like the Greeks. But Christians are preaching Christ crucified. It's foolishness. It's a stumbling block to the world. But for those who believe, Christ is the power of God. Christ is the wisdom of God. And God's foolishness, as the world considers it, it's actually wiser than they are. God's foolishness is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. I mean, so many amazing things are being said here, right? Okay, well, let's, let's keep going. Verse 26. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong, and the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen the things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. 
But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. So cool. What the Apostle Paul is doing under inspiration of the Spirit is he is here saying, look, you who have believed in this message, who have not counted the word of the cross foolishness, but instead have counted the word of the cross, the power of God, the way that happened was that it was God's doing. God worked this in your life. That's how you ended up where you are. And he did it with you because you weren't mighty, you weren't wise, you weren't strong, but he did it with you so that you could be set in contrast to the mighty, the wise, the strong of the world. And you're actually stronger than they are. You're wiser than they are because you have the wisdom of God. And the best that they can do is have the wisdom of the world. And that wisdom of the world is never going to put them in right relationship with God. The wisdom of the world is never going to get them to the place where they know God. But God has made you to know him. You have been called by God. And now you know him. This is by his doing. So that the world would be shamed. Through you, God's righteousness, his glory would shine through. God's power and strength would shine through in contrast to what the world has to offer. Amazing stuff. We are instruments in God's hand. Consider your calling, Paul starts out here. Consider your calling, brethren. He's talking about believers in Jesus, his brothers and sisters in the Lord. Not many wise, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen foolish things, people like us, Christians, to shame the wise, the wise of the world, not the truly wise, but the wise of the world. He's chosen the weak things of the world to shame the strong things of the world. Again, not the truly strong things, but the worldly strong things. They're being shamed by the things that are weak. And he's chosen the base things of the world and the despised. God has chosen them so that he may nullify the things that are. The things that are not to nullify the things that are. The What's the, uh, the antonym of noble? The, the opposite. Is it ignoble? Unnoble? I think it's like ignoble, isn't it? Now I kind of feel like I got to search for that. But uh, maybe I'll do that in a moment. <laughs> Christ has chosen, God has chosen the not noble things in order to bring to nothing the things that the world considers to be noble. And this was all done so that no man may boast before God. The redeemed can't boast before God because how did they get redeemed? Well, it says right here, it was by his doing. It's God's calling. God was the one who who called the believer God is the one who saved the believer. It's his doing that puts Christians in Christ Jesus. So they can't boast. They had no might, no nobility, no wisdom on their own. They received all of that from God. Everything they have is because they are passive actors in this divine plan. And so they can't boast before God. All the credit goes to God. Yet also the world can't boast 
though they might want to, they might try, the world might boast, hey, look at the strength and the might and the wisdom we can come up with on our own. Well, they actually can't boast because that wisdom is nothing. The foolishness of God is wiser than men. They actually know nothing. They think they know something, but they don't know. Isn't that amazing? Okay, I got to look up this noble issue. It's going to bug me, and I know it's a total sidetrack from what I'm supposed to be doing here. But I'm going to noble and antonyms for noble. Ig noble. Okay, I was right. That feels better. <laughs> Ig noble. Very good. Back to spiritual things. Consider this. For those who are Christians, it is, of course, by his doing that they are in Christ. And Christ has become, for believers, the wisdom from God. Not No longer do they boast in their own wisdom or try to boast in their own wisdom. No longer do they try to conjure their own wisdom. They look to Christ for wisdom. The same can be said of righteousness because it says here that Christ has become righteousness from God. No longer are true believers in Jesus Christ seeking to establish their own righteousness to earn anything from God. No longer are they trying to earn salvation. No longer are they trying to appear righteous before men because they can accumulate their own you know, good deeds that set them over and against other people that put them higher on the platform in the race for exaltation. No. Christ Jesus has become the full righteousness of God. And sanctification, we are set apart in the world, not through our own doing, but by being in Jesus. When we believe in Jesus Christ, we are now set apart in the world. That's what it means to be sanctified. We don't sanctify ourselves. We're set apart in Christ. And Jesus has become the redemption from God. Our, our total redemption We're enslaved to sin in our natural state. We try to pay our way out with our own works, can't ever be done. Instead, we have redemption in Christ. We don't look to ourselves to try to bail ourselves out of this sin prison that we're in, but instead we look to Jesus, who is the payment to get us out of this, to save us, to make us righteous, to make us wise. It's all in Christ. So that God gets all the glory, just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. This is where all of history is going. This is where it always will end. God will get all the glory. What an amazing thought. He's the only one deserving. Revelation 4.11, worthy are you, O Lord, to receive honor and glory. By God's will, all things existed and were created. He deserves all praise and glory as the creator, the only creator. And through our salvation, by believing in Jesus, we are instruments in his hand, contributing to that overall storyline of God bringing glory to himself through the ages. How amazing. Thanks for listening today. May God bless you. And I'll hopefully talk to you again next week. God bless.